welcome to Hooplecast. I am your host, Matt, and joining me are my sister wives. No, no, <laughs> no please. <laughs> are no. you are you the head are you the head of the compound, Matt? <laughs> yes, I'm the prophet. I live the principal. <laughs> You need like a fourteen-year-old wife. <laughs> oh, that's, God. that's me, Matt, <laughs> and I'm uh, Melody. <laughs> and I'm Carol. That was Carol that refused to be Matt's wife. <laughs> yeah. You were expelled. <laughs> expelled from please, the compound. Please do. <laughs> I volunteered to be expelled. All right. Well, well, I look forward to talking about the uh, big love uh, with you guys, but first. I've got some HBO news. I've got two articles here. The first one is about a program called Mosaic. It's, this is, this is very interesting. So I'm going to read the article straight from CNET. This month, HBO and director Steven Soderbergh released an app on the iTunes store called Mosaic. It is a seven hour mystery starring Sharon Stone, Paul Rubens, and Bo Bridges, and it's packaged to let viewers navigate their own way through the story. The story starts out focused on three characters, a children's book author named Olivia, played by Stone, an aspiring artist named Joel, and a potential suitor of Olivia named Eric. After the initial introductions to these three, Viewers decide if they want to follow the next part of the story from the perspective of Joel or Eric. As the story develops, more characters are introduced, offering their own stories to tell. Along the way, you unlock appendices called Discoveries to let you watch extra clips, listen to voicemails, look at the documents to dive deeper into a part of the story beyond the central narrative. Soderbergh was quick to emphasize that Mosaic isn't a choose-your-own-adventure, it's more of a choose-your-own-perspective. Soderbergh has two more made-for-Mosaic series on the way and plans to open up the platform to other filmmakers. There's also a more linear edit of the story that will air as a six-part series on HBO starting Monday, January 26th. Interesting. That is interesting. Oh, the adventure. Hmm, it is. It's just the perspective. Did, did you say this was on um, Amazon or did you it, say this was on HBO online? I didn't say either. I said oh, it's on thought- iTunes. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. It's an app. No, that's fine. It's an app that you download onto your smartphone. There is an Android version coming soon. And yeah, I mean, I've heard of programs like these before. I think Daniel Knopf of Carnival was doing something similar to this, but it was going to be web website-based. But it was huh. going to be the same sort of idea of you're watching people in a house, and then you click to go in certain rooms to get the different kind of stories that are unfolding until like you get a complete kind of picture of what's happening and then you can sort of replay it from a different perspective it sounds a lot like this sounds like that 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 never happened but yeah i mean i've heard various things like this but i mean this seems much more comprehensive mm. than some of them they've certainly done it in the video game arena mm-hmm. already multiple times games like heavy and- rain and until dawn Well, I mean, the movie Clue kind of started it in movies way back when. Right. You could choose, you know, which which ending. Uh, Then the next bit of news is a forthcoming miniseries called Chernobyl, five-part look at the scientists and others who sacrificed to spare the world from a broader disaster in April 1986 when a reactor exploded at the Chernobyl nuclear power plant in Ukraine. The miniseries is set to begin lensing next year in Lithuania. Jared Harris, best known for Mad Men, will play Valery Legasov, the scientist chosen by the Kremlin to investigate the accident. From the moment Craig Mazin pitched us the story, we were convinced that this all 
all-too-true tale of horror and redemption needed to be told, said Carrie Anthalus, president of HBO Miniseries and Cinemax Programming. It will engage and enrage our viewers as well as audiences around the world. That's an interesting topic. It is. Yeah, it is. I've watched lots of, like, documentaries and stuff on YouTube about Chernobyl. <laughs> it's pretty fascinating. Yeah, there's, like... The Call of Duty game where you oh, yeah, <laughs> Chernobyl, that's cool, too. Just, yeah, the, the level that takes place there. Yeah. I've seen people do, like, cosplay around Chernobyl, like, Fallout really? cosplay. And I wonder, <laughs> you know, is that appropriate? Is that tasteful? Yeah. I don't know. It's a little weird. <laughs> yeah. And also, I mean, the whole idea that they were basically trying to keep it secret. If if it wasn't for the fact that so many different countries can can uh, notice radiation and so forth coming from, you know, we've got so many instruments now. Um yeah. The people in the area wouldn't have even been told by their government. Mm. Well, that's it for news. That's all I had this time. Not very much. Okay. Fine. That's fine. I was like, that's fine. I'm fine with Sound- that. I'm Sounds fine good. With that. All right. I'm- well, talk about talk the sh- about the shows. Mm-hmm. Big Love, which debuted in 2006, ran for five seasons. What is this? What do I have in my hand here? Is it the uh, is it the spinner for the 60-second oh, no. plot summary? Oh, crap. I forgot about this. Please Matt, thought it was going to be cookies. Matt just likes to torture us. <laughs> Matt, you have 60 seconds to summarize okay. as much of the plot as possible without going over. If you go over, you lose. If you go ridiculously under... You are a polygamous chump. <laughs> oh, man. It's Matt's dream to be a polygamous chump. <laughs> uh, He's going to fail miserably on purpose. I'll start the stopwatch when you begin talking and just say when you're done. There's a guy and he's got... He owns three houses and three women. And... He owns. <laughs> yeah. And, he uh, owns three women. And, uh... Yeah, he's uh, he's got a big family, and he tries to open a hardware store, and he's got to juggle all these women that he owns, and uh, he's got to keep them all happy. 
but he's not happy and nobody's happy and his dad's sick and his mom's crazy and I don't feel bad for any of them. <laughs> well, maybe a little bit. Um, yeah, what's the plot besides just establishing their lives? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the end. The end. The end. No, no uh, there must be something. Uh, At your job. No, they're just having troubles. <laughs> it's just family troubles. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. 56 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess technically that's a win. <laughs> Yay! It seems so much episode. longer. <laughs> I was like cheating and skimming through the file in the episode, trying to like refresh my memory. I'm like, no, they're just you know living their lives. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm like, where's the plot? I think the plot comes in at the end, like in the last five minutes or so. You realize two things are gonna are set up. One is that Bill's mother is poisoning his father. And is she really? That's his. That's his theory. That's his theory. But well, it's, we all was he standing there when the prophet delivered some something for the mother to give to her husband to drink, yeah. and and had been apparently for a while, and said, "Told him I t- tell him I told you that he needs to drink this." Mm-hmm. I mean, th- sure sounds like the prophet is poisoning the guy. Oh, hmm. I can't recall. Honestly, I, I mean, I've seen the entire show, but it, that's been years ago. And I want to say, though, that Lois and I think it's Frank are are the kind of couple who kind of basically try and kill each other every now and then, but love each other, but then try and kill each other. So I want to say that she poisoned him, but I honestly, I don't remember. Then the other plot that's going on is that uh, the prophet of Juniper Creek, the compound where all the fundamentalist polygamists live, they own a 50% share in Bill's hardware franchises. But he has done some legal maneuvering to make his new store like independent of the others. So he's saying that because this is independent, I don't owe you 15% of the take. And they're saying, um, nice try. And they're scary. So that's there's going to yeah, be fallout think, from that. It's like the you think you're gonna, Huh? Yeah. yeah. Do you think they're going to burn down his store? This is this is like know. the Sopranos, but in Mormon town. Yeah, yeah. Um, or they're just going to do some, you know, thrilling Tony, lawyer drama. Tony Soprano basically have sev- several wives as well. He just wasn't married to them. Yeah, <laughs> and several girlfriends. Yeah. it's the same. Uh. It's just that Tony Soprano like actually would swear, and these people just say, "Gosh, darn it, <laughs> darn it, all the heck." <laughs> A couple of them dropped, uh, there was an F-bomb, and there were a couple other things there. Yeah, a couple, but... Yeah, not in public, but... And you say that um, he's married to to his three wives, but I don't think, like, legally he's married. No. He can't be, so I believe he's only married to Barb. Oh. Yep. His first wife. Oh, really? Yeah. You can't... He'd be in jail. You Mm -hmm. can't... uh, and obviously, they, that is a that is a huge part of this show too. Is keeping that secret, keeping the mm-hmm. secret, and dodging the law. And we find out that Sarah's new friend at the restaurant, her dad's a state trooper. Um, yeah, there's that whole element too. Mm. Mm. Oh, and we forgot to mention his erectile dysfunction. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I didn't feel bad for him. In this, except for maybe the scene where his dad was almost dead and his mom was 
crazy. But besides that, the only people I really felt bad for were uh, the youngest wi- wife and uh, the oldest wife, because it seemed for the oldest one, it was like, oh, gee, you can't have kids anymore. I guess uh, I need new women. Hope you're okay with that. Do as I say. <laughs> so you're okay with that. Um, and then the the youngest wife just like being overwhelmed, overwhelmed and shit upon. Yeah. I'm wondering, you know how the girl was doing that whole number on her of, um, oh, she didn't believe in there before she got cancer. <laughs> Rhonda. Oh, right. Rhonda. She's a piece of work. I'll, I'll spoil that much. Yeah. Well, the little we'll kind kid? Yeah, the 14-year-old yeah. uh, oh, yeah. new wife like, of the prophet. Oh, yeah, like you can tell. Princess. Well, I mean, she's a child. She acts yeah. like right. a child. She does. It's to illustrate that she's still a child, and he's married to a child, and it's disgusting. Yeah, it is. <laughs> right. And and there's a child who has been given uh, a lot of power by her. You know, she's, she's the new flavor on the block, so to speak. And, you know, that's... Um, and she thinks she's all that. You can't have any more babies? No, honey. I had cancer. When? Six years ago. I had a hysterectomy. Is that when you said Bill could marry Nikki? Well, there's a little more to it than that, sweetie. I'm married to the prophet now. They used to be regular married, but didn't live the principle. So God wouldn't bless her with any more babies. They took her to the hospital, but they still couldn't fix her. I'm never going to get cancer. It's too hot. I want it with milk. Now, when she said to Barbara, Barbara's the first wife, um, when she said to Barbara about, um, oh, you can't have children anymore, is that, when you found that out, is that when you gave uh, your husband permission to take, have Nikki as a new wife? And she said, well, it's complicated. It occurred to me at the when it turned out that he had gotten an investment, at, that Nikki was the prophet's daughter, and that he had gotten an investment from the prophet in the, you know, the compound there that he might have married Nikki and she might have agreed to him marrying Nikki so they could start a business. I think, which, I think that's part of it. Yes. I think that is that, that the, her father married her off. Yeah. It seems like he sold his soul and family happiness for the first store. That's yeah. just to get, that was just a take. So on the whole thing. It's not quite established in this episode, but you will come to find that Bill grew up on the compound, but he was tossed out by his father and the other older men, which I think they call them lost boys, uh, young boys on the compound. They get rid of the boys so that the men can have the younger wives. Ah, oh, gross. So he mm-hmm. was kicked off Ow. the compound, and Barb is was never from the compound. She is a mainstream Mormon who marries Bill and then takes, you know, they take the other wives and we don't meet her mother and sister, but they strongly disapprove of her family arrangement. As they should. 
And uh, who, Ellen Burstyn plays her mother, too. Oh, it's a great cast. Why, um, would, why would she stick by him? <laughs> uh, I, guess, I guess her religion dictates that she has to. Yeah. It's, yeah, that's one of the things that made me, like, not want to watch this series. <laughs> Is, um, you know, once I was getting into it, it's just like, there's too much blind following of authoritative stuff in our country right now to for me to take this lightly. Well, I don't think that this series uh, endorses polygamy. No, it doesn't endorse it. I mean, it's definitely showing the cracks as... I thought the opening credits were really interesting because mm. they were yeah. so incredibly romantic and romanticized. And it was like, okay, boy, oh boy. And then, of course, you had this big crack um, come through the whole thing. So it's like, okay, that's mm-hmm. pretty much sums up what this you know series was saying. It all looks great in the first few minutes, and then you start seeing the cracks. Oh, that compound was something else, though. They had, like, literal barrel fires and stuff. <laughs> yep. Mm. I love a good compound. I love a good cult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I thought it was interesting that they, they were planting like it was the 1800s, and... Uh, you know, honestly, the um, Pennsylvania Dutch don't do that. <laughs> you know? mm. They use machinery um, for their for their planting. So, so it seemed a little much. They didn't. Uh, so the compound had a gas station out front. They get mm-hmm. all, all their income from the <laughs> gas station. Uh, and the store. I guess the, the store. Yeah. And whatever else. They've got going. Yeah, they're uh, they have various schemes. Some of them probably illegal, and then Bill's franchise home you know, home improvement franchises. They're taking and a cut of that. It, yeah, and I'm sure they've got you know they're taking a cut or all of the income of various people all around. And the people who live in the compound don't get paid or anything. They are indentured servant servants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably, yeah. They don't probably don't eat well. They probably don't have medical care. It's, it's like that's why Barb like didn't want to go. She's like, I don't want to go to that place. That place yeah. is awful. It's like that movie, The Village, except with cars. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, this show was well made, and mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. It's just competent all around. It's just I don't like the. I don't like watching these people's lives because it's kind of stressful to watch this all like being juggled and just to think about having to live that kind of life is kind of uh. yeah <laughs> yeah I I basically had the same reaction I I that was very well made it was very well acted extremely well acted mm-hmm. um but I really didn't want to wa- watch it <laughs> I just yeah, I agree I I didn't want to see these people. Um, I thought it was interesting. One of the reasons I was kind of surprised that just now that you were saying that uh, his mother was trying to kill his father rather than the prophet was, you know, killing him was um, some of the stories that have come out recently about these compounds and stuff um, that uh, a lot of times the older men, when they uh, when they aren't really useful anymore, they, you know, they deny the medical care and stuff, and they just, you know, want them to go away. Because if they aren't making money for the for the group, um, 
you know, they've outlived their usefulness. At least the older women, they watch the kids and stuff. But uh, interesting. Yeah. Well, a lot of the show is about how the women assert themselves and find room to maneuver in this patriarchal society. I've always said that in a repressive society, those that are repressed find sneaky ways to make to get their way. They get real sneaky. Repressive or even like a, a difficult kind of, if you have a difficult way of life in general, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Yeah. We see Nikki try to fill the hole in herself by shopping. Yeah. And then complain about materialism later to mm-hmm. her mom. I know. I thought that was very interesting. It's gorgeous, Mama. For my birthday, sister wives all chipped in and got it from my collection. Everybody knows how much I love Yadro. Oh, you're so beautiful. Why don't you take a couple? Papa, can I? What? No, nothing. What have you gone and done now, Nikki? Papa. What is it, honey? Hmm? What's wrong? It's just so hard. They don't know what they're doing. Or Jean from some hick town in Colorado. She doesn't have a clue. Barb's just so... Everything's so superficial. Like, fixing up your house and your car and... I don't want to go back. Nicolette, hush. You're married now and to a good man and... You just have to accept the life that God chose for you. You just have to grow up and stop being such a dreamer. Complain about materialism to her mom, who is showing her these totally useless little doodads. You mean the yard draws? My mother used to collect those. <laughs> yeah, they're fine, but they're they don't do anything. No, so that's why you know, she stopped collecting them. Yeah, if you're except you have to dust them too. Um, if you're going to complain about materialism and stuff, it's not best after you've just been ooing and eyeing over something that is, you know, basically just a show of of um, wealth in that particular situation. I mean, you look at how everybody else is living. The last thing they have, I'm sure, is is ornaments. Not that there's anything wrong with art. I love art. Mm-hmm. Bill is a very polarizing character. Be, uh, as the protagonist, I mean, some of us disagree with <laughs> his lifestyle or uh, find his treatment of his wives upsetting. But he, I think he does come from a good place, unlike the prophet. I think he he's more genuine mm. and abhors child trafficking. Like, he wouldn't take a wife that's a child. Yeah. All of his wives are of age and... They each have, you know, how how's it their own homes. They live a very middle class lifestyle. And he would tell you that even though it's difficult and stressful, that the end goal is that they will all be in the afterlife together with their big Mormon family on their own planet. That's why at the end of the credits, they're having dinner uh, in outer space because that's what some oh is that Mormons, why that- yeah some Mormons believe that you get your own planet after you die right I and. That. Yeah. 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 Did you know that? No, that I was the original know. belief. Yeah. I had forgotten you get about to be that. The go- you get to be the god of your own planet. I had no idea. I I actually wondered if they were all dead at the end. I because I had no idea what this was. So I'm watching these very romanticized credits, and then there's this crack in the whole romantic vision, and then they're on another planet having dinner together. I'm like, 
okay, is this going to be about a bunch of dead people? And no, it wasn't. <laughs> no. <laughs> another, another thing that original Mormons believed was that black people's skin was dark because God turned it dark because they're evil. Yeah, <laughs> yes. I, I knew about that. <laughs> yep. And that one lasted a long time. They did not get rid of that one for a very long time. I don't think they've still gotten rid of the planet one. It's still around. But it's a justification for everything he does because he he says, yeah, it's hard right now, but when we're all dead, we'll have a big Mormon family in the sky. So once you understand that that's his belief system and that they share his belief system, you kind of have to accept accept his worldview. Well, it's also, I mean, the belief system is, you know, it's based on a lot of different things. And and when you're raised with, I mean... I believe, isn't it three wives that every guy is supposed to have if they want to go to heaven? I mean, they there's supposed to be something in the original works that specified how many, you know, cert, you're supposed to have a minimum of a certain number of wives in order to go to heaven or something like that. I don't know. Um, so it's it seems like he may have rejected it, and he may, may have married Barb having rejected it, and then kind of gone back on it and talked her into going with him, which uh, is going to cause some stress. And at there's least, another thing. I I'm mean, sorry, the, at least he's not predatory like uh, oh, no. the prophet. No. I mean, he seems like a good guy, just a product of his, of his upbringing. And, you know, I used to be told, I remember being told that um, multiple wives, you know, in an agrarian society where there aren't a lot of, of males, a lot of men, um, was kind of a safety factor in some cases where everybody could help in raising the kids and, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And they had a man in their life. Everybody had a man in their lives to do the stuff that, uh, that was considered manly work and all of this stuff. So in some cases, yeah, you could look at it that way and you could make a, case for it unfortunately that's very rarely what it seems to have ever been what else can be said about this show (laughs) uh Uh, let's see what are my notes saying oh i didn't get at the very beginning what he'd been bad about like he gets uh, oh isn't it walking out the front door of the other house in the morning uh, okay that's what i figured it was once i figured out it was polygamy because at first i thought he I don't know. It was weird. I was like, what is going on? His, his wife, cause I still had that dead people in my mind. <laughs> is his wife dead? And who is this in the bed? And he's paying for sex. Okay. So is she a substitute for the wife he lost? And then he walks out the front door and like waves at this young girl in the other house. And I was really skeeved out there for a while. I was like, what is going on here? And then once she realized it was polygamy and she said him being bad, it was like, oh, because he walked out the front door and the neighbors, if he does that too many times of walking out the front door of each of the three houses first thing in the morning, people are going to get the idea. Yeah. Okay. I I didn't get that for some reason, but yeah, that makes sense now. I thought maybe he had gone like to one of the other wives' houses on another wives' night. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I don't get the feeling that he's going to do that anytime soon. 
I hmm. thought he was literally seeing a prostitute. I did too. Because he left the money. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. He left money. yeah. And then I was really surprised when he walked out the front door of a suburban house. Well, maybe that's a commentary on polygamy that you you take other wives just so you can fuck other women and I feel bad about it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. And the fact that he, I mean, one of the things that was, ugh, <laughs> the whole thing of trying to get Barb's check from her when we all know that it is to pay Nikki's bills because Nikki is spending way more money than they've got and everybody is having to to do with less except Nikki just keeps spending and doesn't care and he's asking for Barbara's check from Barbara's work to support Nikki did you get my message yesterday hon I gave you all I could spare a hundred dollars isn't there at least 500 you could slip in no come on you know things are tight until the new store opens Barb reupholstered all her chairs when we moved in here. And Barb's been working, too. Well, that's not fair. We're living United Order. Just like Juniper Creek. Everything ends in the common pot. You know that. You don't need to redecorate. At least, not right now. You told me to. And I I told the lady at the store. Nikki, how many times? You know what we're carrying? Three houses, for Pete's sakes. You're the only one I gave a personal checking account to. Don't yell at me. I'm not yelling. I, I, I gotta go. I'll see what I can do. When? Uh, don't push it. I'll, I'll I'll call you later. Promise. <sighs> Nikki really annoyed me because she was like always. She's kind of like a. She reminded me of that. Uh, was her name Rhonda or whatever her name was? Mm-hmm. She reminded She's me spoiled. of her. She was the same like spoiled kind of like. And it's yeah. surprising that she would be spoiled because she comes from this place where there's not a lot. To go around on, do you know what I mean? But like, she's she's a, the prophet's daughter. She's one yeah. of the prophet's daughters. Yeah, so and it sounds and it looked like she was one of the prophet's daughters, perhaps from a first wife yeah. or a very high level wife. She just pissed me off when she went when she went in and she was like, "Oh, like I don't, I'm running out of peanut butter. Like you guys need to help me out. Can I borrow peanut butter?" And it's like, "Fuck off!" <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> All right, next month, it's Nikki the first, Margie the second, me the third, Nikki the fourth, Margie the fifth, and so on. Margie, your birthday is the 21st, mm-hmm. which is mine, but I'll give you a bill for the night. We could trade. Oh, sweetheart, that just makes it more confusing. You take them both nights. I don't mind. Thanks. Mm-hmm. What about Wayne's birthday? He turns five on the 17th. Oh, my heck, that's right. I can't believe it. Well, he should be with his father on his birthday. Well, it looks like the 17th is family home evening anyway. Yeah, but I won't be able to be with Wayne at our house all night, though. You don't mind, Margie, do you? Oh, no! I don't mind at all. Not at all. You got a problem with the boss lady? I, I get him an extra night anyway, so... Well, whatever works for you two is fine. Household cash, a little short again, but I manage. What is that supposed to mean? Nikki, I mean, do, do you have something to say? I mean, this isn't just about logistics. It's the spirit of openness that makes us a family. I know. It's just so tight is all. 
Boys, we told you to play quiet. Wayne, take Ray into the other room and stick that fish movie in the VCR. Nikki. You don't mind me using the last year's Skippy, do you, Barb? We're fresh out at my house. After she'd spent 3000 some odd dollars when he told her that they couldn't afford it, and she's running up all the credit cards and stuff, yeah, and, and taking Barbara's, Barbara's actually working, and she's taking her money to spend on stuff she doesn't need. Yeah. I, I have a real hard time with stories about people just destroying other people's lives and watching them all go down the tubes because of somebody else. It's just, mm-hmm. you know... It's hard for me to watch. Well, yeah, it's hard for anybody because I'm sure we all know people like that. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Nikki is definitely one of those people, mm-hmm. and her father certainly is one of those people. Yeah. And you know, and the manipulation and the, it's, it was just it was tough to watch. Yeah. You know, I I'm never done. really felt I never really felt <laughs> that way watching the entire show. Like way before, no. I never really yeah. thought it was that oppressive and stressful. I, I found it really stressful to watch yesterday, but I was already it might, so. <laughs> it might also be a gender thing. It could yeah, be. I mean, I just and and honestly, it's also if I had watched this in two thousand six, looks like that's when this was. Um, I probably would not have been as as I say as I say the. The situation in our country with people just following like sheep, you know, right over the cliff it is not making me in a good frame of mind to watch things like this where people are, you know, just being led like sheep over a cliff. Well, I, I guess that this will come from, I mean, you're not going to watch anymore, but if you did watch more, you would see that they're not going willingly over a cliff. The, the women in Bill's life, they have their own agency. And except that, except that they really, I think they really pushed the pushed their family unit to a breaking point. Yeah, yeah. I would expect that. Well, doesn't I would, one of them say that? Like, what, somebody tells one of them that they have agency or choices or whatever, and mm-hmm. they're like, "No, I'm stuck." You know, I've got yeah, kids and stuff. Yeah. Barb tells the youngest one, who whatever her name is, Margine. Margine. She tells Barb tells Margine. Well. You know, you're not trapped. This we all made a choice to make this a family. She says, "No, I have two children, and I'm terrible at being a mother." Mm. And you know, the thing is that they also they can push the limits and all of this stuff, but they're still trapped by this idea that they cannot do what they want. That they have to follow these rules that are telling them that they have no agency. They've got to. F- they can only push it so far because they can't leave. I wish you give me that, they- that check. Just do as I ask. You mean as you say? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're they might be chafing under it, but they aren't saying enough is enough, and they aren't saying from the beginning, no, I'm not going to be a second or third wife. Yeah. Yeah. And some of them aren't in the compound. Certainly aren't saying. No, I'm not going to marry off my 13-year-old daughter. Yeah. To an old man. So. So I want to know what the Twin Peaks podcast hosts thought about seeing Grace Zabriskie and Harry Dean Stanton. Oh, I love that part. <laughs> that was kind of fun, yeah. 
I always love them. I don't. I don't know. They they work together in um, uh, Wildest Heart, is it? I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they've been and Twin Peaks, I guess, but I don't know if they ever. Uh, I don't think they had any scenes together in Twin Peaks. Gr- Grace Zabriskie is always like the frantic mother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she does crazy so well. She does it really well. She's just so good at it. Yeah. That's his mother, right? Yeah. 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 Dad. Good Lord. He's better today. He's going to be fine. I don't know why everyone's so up in arms. Don't let me die. He fell off the couch. I couldn't lift him back. Where's Joey? He and Wanda got their own place next to the walkers. Don't you lay into him, and I mean it. I put fresh sheets on all the beds in Bill's old room and out back. You can work out your own sleeping arrangements. we're not staying the night. He's got to get to a doctor. No! Remember when he got his fingers caught in the fan? You said doctors, and he was fine. He needed 23 stitches. Oh, Bill, there's no in his mouth. No doctors. They only draw attention to us. We know in the city. It's an hour from here. He's discreet. Park Memorial. Not a hospital. You go in, you never get out. <coughs> tests and more tests and, and finding new problems. No, absolutely not. And I mean it. <coughs> Want to help me get him on the couch? She's always good. She's been in so much stuff. So is Harry Dean Stanton. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. Yeah. R.I.P. Bill Paxton, too. That's right. I forgot. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that was such a shock with him. He just, he seems... Not that old. Exactly. He seems way too young to, but but, uh, it happens. Yeah. Yeah. I'd forgotten about that. So my parents and I, we we had our each had our favorite wives, and it's funny because we <laughs> each have our own favorites. <laughs> so, uh, so my mother loved Marjean. Yes. Uh, my father was a big fan of Nikki because oh, he loved he loved her scheming. She. Oh really? Her her <laughs> antics can become really hilarious. Actually, um, really? she's she's pretty over the top and self sabotaging, uh, but has a vulnerability to it that I think he liked. And my favorite was Barb because she calls bullshit on a lot of what happens. Yes. And she's, she's pretty, she seems pretty smart. Yeah. She's very smart and savvy and gentle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just didn't like Nikki, but the other two were fine. Yeah. Well, you're not supposed to really not like Nikki, but she's no. got shades and dimensions to her that. Oh that yeah. Come she, out. It's, it's well written and it's well acted. They definitely, I mean, I didn't see any two-dimensional people, you know, at all, pretty much. They, you know, anybody who got some screen time, that is. Um, you know, there was a lot going on. But, yeah. <laughs> and I liked to, uh, despite their kind of picking at each other and criticizing each other, at the end, they do come together when Margie is having that breakdown and yes. sort of put aside their bickering and said, you know, we are a family and we'll make it work, which... We'll see if that happens or not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you definitely get the idea that everybody has the best intentions, except maybe the prophet. Mm-hmm. Um, that other than that, everybody, I mean, they're not bad people. They're just people who have been fed a certain line of belief that uh, I find disheartening. Yeah. It's such, I mean, Utah alone is such another world. 
I think for a lot of us, everyone has a gun. Well, that's America now, but maybe in yeah, 2006, that's America in general. It was, 2006, maybe it wasn't so commonplace, but everyone has a gun and, uh, everyone is in a ward. What, what ward are you in? Cause everyone's pretty much Mormon. Uh, and what, what, uh, activities are you involved in? And, uh, oh and yeah, that, that was stuff. interesting. Yeah, that that interplay between the girls and the fast food joint was interesting. Yeah, and I couldn't quite <laughs> tell if um, Lindsay Fonseca and the and the other one were Mormon or not, or if they were non Mormons criticizing the Mormons. Um, I, Does this all take tell. place in Utah, by the way? Yes, Utah, okay. definitely Utah. Lots of shots of the Mormon temple too. Like when Bill is driving or in his office or whatever office that was, you can see the big Mormon temples yeah. in the background. Because there are Mormons all over the West. Oh, yeah. A lot, yeah. There are a lot of them in Arizona and... Uh, Oregon and Wyoming. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I lived next door to some Mormons for a little while when I was... For the short time I was staying in, in Oregon. Really nice people. And, uh, of course, Emily... Mormon. Yeah, Emily from Yes Mother podcast and Sue watches Buffy. Hi, Emily, mm-hmm. if you're listening to this, Hi, Sue. I I would be really curious to see how they respond to this show. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Since Emily is part of the Mormon Church and her sister Sue mm-hmm. was formerly of the church mm-hmm. and, and left the church, that would be very interesting. Mm-hmm. I did tell them that there was one like really controversial episode of this show where they depicted what's called an endowment ceremony. And it's super secretive and very personal. Uh, as you, I don't know if you know or don't know that non-Mormons are not allowed in Mormon temples. That after, like, they will, they will build the temple and then they might let the public come in and see it for the first, like, say, week or weekend. And then they like, consecrate it with a ceremony. And after that, if you're not Mormon, you can't step foot in it. Otherwise, you will desecrate the sacred place. Uh-huh. And one of the ceremonies that they have in the temple is very secretive and they don't allow anyone to see it or really know what it's about, but it's called the endowment ceremony. And they had ex-Mormons tell the show's creators what was involved with it. And they depicted it in an episode. And this was a big affront to the church of Latter-day Saints. Mm. Yeah. I think one of the reasons, like when I was talking before about um, the whole polygamy and everything and, and the good parts and bad parts, my dad, you know, and I had various conversations about it. And his father had been, was supposed to be a Mormon. And his his dad's family and some of his mom's family were Mormon. And, um, but my grandfather was a really bad Mormon. Um, mm-hmm. He liked the drink, you know. So um, I think, you know, I don't know that much about it. But my dad was raised with a little bit of, you know, just um, from his relatives and such. But, uh, yeah. I'll read this. Comment from Nutty on the Facebook group. She writes, Big Love was a strange one in the sense that it makes you accept this lifestyle that you normally wouldn't. All of the acting is amazing and the caliber of people they had on the show blows me away. It is totally worth watching the whole series because there are a lot of elements that mimic real life stories and it's a perspective that to me didn't seem exploitative. Good writing gets you on the side of people you wouldn't in reality. Sounds like she watched the whole thing. Yeah, it does. Good for like, her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, was I on the side of Bill? I was on the side of the wives. I was never on Bill's side. I was always on Barb's side and Margine's side and a little on, bit on Nikki's side. Uh, 
And and then there's just a whole lot of other characters that get introduced later. And we see, you know, see the modern polygamists. We see the conventional cult kind of polygamists. We see mainstream Mormons. We learn about people who live in Utah who are not Mormons. So there's, I mean, there's a lot of characters and there's a lot of shades to this that is just just Mm -hmm. really interesting. Um, Yeah, I guess that's why I enjoyed it. Although it does, especially in its fourth season, goes down kind of a soapy rabbit hole where it's just everything's a little too unrealistic mm-hmm. but uh i remember that the first three seasons were, were very very strong you know when i'm 21 i really want to go on a mission and i wish i could go to an islamic country because i think post 9 11 that part of the world needs our help the most don't you think i think the whole world needs help see i like you sarah You're thoughtful right-minded not a boy crazy or screwed up. So what about your family? Uh, pretty average, I guess. They involved in any church activities? They used to be. Um, they're pretty busy now. Dad's a businessman, mom's a teacher. Well, she's a substitute. She's taking classes to be full-time accredited. And my Uncle Joey used to play for the NFL. He used to play for Dallas. Wow. That's really cool. So what about you? Are you in Young Women's? My Maids? Laurels? No. Mm Mm-mm. What word are you in? I'm not really into church these days. I mean, I like their positions, their take on morals and honesty, but... So you're inactive? I'm just trying to figure out what makes sense to me. No, I get it. (laughs) Hey, you know what? Why don't you give me your phone number? And I can call you sometime next week and we can hang out. Okay. I mean, if you want to. No, yeah. Okay, cool. (laughs) So what do your parents do? My mother is a homemaker. And she served as YW counselor at our old ward. She's pretty active in Relief Society. She's really great. And my dad, he's a state trooper. Uh, let's uh, read Harold's feedback. We'll have, I guess we'll have Mel read this one. What I liked best about Big Love was all at the top of the episode. I've never seen this show, but I knew what it was about. Anyone who had seen an ad for the show knew what it was about. So it doesn't waste any time getting into things. I really liked the opening credits, how it depicts the four leads ice skating in bliss, but with cracks forming beneath them that might tear them apart. I love the choice of God Only Knows for the credits music. It it is one of the greatest pop songs ever. Agreed. Um, The cast list is epic. I was excited that Mark Mothersbaugh did the music. And I also like that although the idea of plural marriage is titillating for some people, especially men, the reality of it could be something quite different. In this case, a lot of children, expenses, and a constant juggling to find time for everyone. This is a great concept for a TV series, with endless options for drama, intrigue, and conflict. And Bill Paxton, Gene Triplehorn, and Chloe Savigny are great choices as leads. They are perfectly cast, and the type of people that you could you would look forward to spending an hour with every week. And yet... There just seemed to be something missing for me. It almost seemed like they took this great premise but didn't spend enough time building the characters. The dialogue was not memorable and there wasn't enough dramatic tension. 
I think they needed to spend more of their introductory pilot time on a one-off type of conflict that could have demonstrated how the family worked and worked as a hook for viewers to come back the next week. So in sum, I'd say this was a good but not great pilot episode. The type of show where I might watch the next one, but probably only because I was looking for something to watch, decided to give it another shot, or because I had heard good buzz from critics who had seen some episodes in advance. Not because my appetite was whetted and I wanted more. Thanks, Harold. Thank you, Harold. Thank you, Harold. Yeah, there's obviously not much of a plot. Uh, That's why Matt really struggled with that (laughs) 60-second plot summary. Boy, did I struggle. Because I would say for the first 30 to 40 minutes, it's just like Bill running around from house to house, from work to to home, to home to work. And uh, it kind of kicks in when he gets the call to go to the compound. But before that, it's a little bit like, um, what's happening? Mm. So what's the story with his brother? He's like oh, a yeah. NFL player who was got addicted to drugs or something. And then he cleaned up and married a compound lady, got her pregnant. And then they're always afraid that he's going to go back to drugs. Is that right? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I got. I don't <laughs> remember. I think a lot of the conflict is that Bill wanted to leave the compound and never go back. And he's a tie, like a link to his past that he's embarrassed about and wants to disown and he can't do that without disowning and hurting his own family he's got such a squeak he's trying to form such a squeaky clean image with his hardware stores too Mm -hmm. so it's probably very difficult to deal with that in your image and then deal with yeah i can imagine it's difficult anyways and I don't really know if he's putting himself out there front and center, like in the ads and everything. Like, I don't know how people wouldn't question how he lives or be curious about him. Like, they're going to start being curious about him and they're going to find out that he's got three wives. Like, how could they not? Like, obviously, even those fast food girls knew about it. So, yeah, it seemed to be an open secret. Yeah. So it's just that people ex- sort of. They know it's illegal, but they accept it anyways. By the way, that was a lot of fast food employees to be on break at one time. I thought the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) That's the entire restaurant. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the idea was two had been on for a while, and then the other two got their break. Like, they overlapped. But that's still... It's poor scheduling. Poor scheduling on behalf of the store manager. Right. Well, that store manager is giving him quite the dirty look anyways, so... Yeah. But, you know, something that's occurred to, has always occurred to me in this situation. It's like, okay, so you've got, it's not legal marriages because they didn't, you know, legally marry. Um, they consider themselves married. But can you really bring somebody up on charges for considering themselves married? You know, it's, mm, yeah, I don't know. we don't. We don't have many adultery laws left anymore. You know, it's so, how people choose to live their lives, basically. And yeah. If they're not hurting anybody, you can't really charge them for that. Like, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so those, those young girls being married up. Young girls, it's like another, it's a whole other story for that. But but for Which, these by women, the way, like, they're, they're they're willing to be in this open relationship. Yeah, but because the they were because they were raised. In, yeah, in, I know. Uh, from, yeah, and they- or young girls, and all, but if it's okay, yeah, but but it's still their choice. Still their choice, you know. Yeah. Now yeah. the thing is that you know the the whole thing of marrying well, a fourteen year old girl. If she was his first wife, if he wasn't already married to other people, there's nothing illegal about that in most states in the United States. 
Wait, the, back up again and say that again? <laughs> what are you saying? First marriage, it is not illegal in most states for someone to marry a 14-year-old girl. Oh, that's Wait, what? <laughs> as long as as long as I'm looking they at have legal marrying age in the U.S. by state. <laughs> yes, it's. Oh it, God, please look it up. Look yeah. at it. Some of it is scary because some states, like I believe New Jersey, among others, have no minimum age. Well, it's like I guess it's done. You just have to have after a certain up to a certain age. You have to have your. I mean, after a certain age, you have to have a parent's permission. I what the fuck, New Hampshire? What? Exactly. You what? found it. Between what? 16 and 18, you need your parents' permission in a lot of places. And under 16, you need, just need a judge's permission. Ew. What did you find in New Hampshire? Um, well, okay, so it's a little confusing because they have two columns. One says statutory age when all exceptions are taken into account. And the other column just says general age. And general age is mostly 18, except for in a couple places it looks like it's 21. But it's under where it says statutory age where exceptions are taken into account. I'm not quite sure what that means. I, it's but, almost like a little clause that allows people to get away with kind of that that's, kind of shit. Yeah. Now, are you looking at marriage or are you looking age at... Age of marriage. Age of marriage. Sexual activity. Okay. No, age of marriage. Because there's two different sets of laws. And a lot of places, as long as you are ma- getting married, as long as you have permission of a judge, there every state has a different legal limit and some have none. So people are okay with this. And I'm... <sighs> a lot of people don't even know about this. Well, they've been saying because of that Roy Moore guy, too, they've been saying that people are obviously okay with this because they're letting it happen. Oh, they're definitely letting, yeah, yes, absolutely they are. Yeah. Um, and, it's I mean, of- there's a minimum age for boys, too, but it's usually a bit older than girls. Yeah. All right. This I'll was very widely, it. Th- sorry, this was very widely accepted, though, like. Like years and years ago, like I know if I yes. look in my family tree, like when I yep. see like all of my ancestors, the age that they were married, so mm-hmm. young, like some of them 13, 14, like it's insane. Yep. And I'm, what were you people? <laughs> but, but people died really young back then too. It's, and they also, I don't know if it's, it's just, it's just because like, let's get married now because we might be dead at 18, you know, <laughs> I don't know, uh, you know. They also did not, um, they didn't go to school. Most people did not go to school. Okay, I'm going to, I got to read this paragraph to you. Go ahead, go ahead. Mm -hmm. This is straight from Wikipedia. All right, so I don't know. Well, you know, uh, Wikipedia. Uh, Unlike (laughs) most Western countries, half of the U.S. states do not have a legal minimum age of marriage. While in most U.S. states, individuals age 18 have a right to marry, with two exceptions, Nebraska 19, Mississippi 21. All states allow minors to marry in certain circumstances, circumstances, such as parental consent, judicial consent, pregnancy, or a combination of these situations. Most states allow parties age 16 and 17 to marry with parental consent alone. In most states, children under 16 can be married too. In 25 states, uh, which have absolute, wait, sorry. In the 25 states, which have an absolute minimum age set by statute, this age varies between 13 and 17. While in 25 states, there is no statutory minimum age if other legal conditions are met. Although in such states, 
states there is no minimum age by statute. The traditional common law minimum age is 14 for boys and 12 for girls, ages which have been confirmed by case law in some states. Over the past 15 years, more than 200,000 minors married in the U.S. and in Tennessee, Tennessee, girls as young as 10 were married in 2001. God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking at the list here. Yeah, it's... New Hampshire, uh, 13 for females, 14 for males. New Jersey has with- a none. Um, there's no minimum. 16 with parental consent and in case of pregnancy. And uh, I assume that I would hope below that they need judicial consent, but it doesn't say anything on this chart. States rights. On this chart. States rights. <laughs> yep. Yep. And that's one reason why if he... if if his first wife, let's say, if the prophet's first wife died or something, he could legally, and he never married any of the others, that would mean that he's technically a widower and unmarried. And he could legally marry a 13 or 14-year-old girl. Um, hmm. All he would need is, let's see, in Utah? Let's see. Well, Utah what? currently says 15 with court approval and parental consent. Oh, okay. So he would have to wait for legal uh, have to, you'd have to wait a year. To fifteen's yeah. too old, Carol. I know, I know. That's why they move them in early and and groom them. By fifteen, she'll be like you know, she'll be a bag of dirt to him. She'll he'll be kicking her to the curb. Hmm. Too old. No, it'll just take somebody new. Yeah. Well, yeah, another thirteen-year-old. Yeah, but if if he's technically married, I mean, if he's you know, then. Um, then we're talking statutory rape. Yeah, just gross. Which is which is how some of the uh, the co- the you know profits from the different compounds are or are in jail. One or two of them. I don't know if how probably not enough of them, but because hmm. they got caught on the statutory rape, cho- you know, thing of not not bothering to wait until the girl was eighteen. And in a uh- and on this website called LegalMatch.com, they talk about age of consent, age differences between ages and what's acceptable. Mm-hmm. So, like, although the age of consent in Alabama is 16, acceptable difference between ages two years. So that makes it sound like if someone's 15 and someone's 16, it's it's not uh, sexual assault. But if someone was right. 15 and someone was 18, well, that's one right. year too many. Right. So that's really yeah, I predatory. Don't know, I don't know how people decide on these ages of when it's okay yeah. for you to have sex with, you know, like it's just... Well, I mean, me, the whole like, way, I, how yeah. do you pick? How do you pick an age, you know? How do you pick right. an age? It's so hard. And, right. But the idea on that, on those ages, because that's, that's, as you say, sexual assault or molestation or, or statutory rape, yeah. not marriage. The idea has to do with, okay, you've got two teenagers who are sexually active um do you charge one or both of them with statutory rape no if you know if they're one is 17 and one is 16 or one is 16 and one is 15 i mean that's um but yeah i looked up all of those rules when my son was started dating an 18 year old when he was 15 14 he was was, i think he just turned 15 he was dating a, a girl who was first she was 17 i think when they started dating then she turned 18 long before he, you know, so I was watching, I was looking up all kinds of stuff on that. Yeah. And so were her parents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
hard. Yeah, yeah. And then when he ended up 17 and dating a 15-year-old, I was looking it all up again just oh, to remind yeah. myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it's all very tricky. I actually ran a Dear Abby recently where someone was asking about that. <laughs> it was like someone, a girl, she was older, much older than her boyfriend. She was going to, she was 17, going to be 18, and he was 15. And she said that they were in love, blah, 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 blah. She says, but I'm concerned about when I turn 18, like, you know, and Abby Mm -hmm. was just like, just date other people until he's of, you know, if you guys are still interested in each other again at 18, like when he turns 18, then that's fine. Mm -hmm. You know, you should date other people. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Uh, We were, the parents involved were not overly thrilled (laughs) with the situation. Yeah. Yeah. On, you in know, either it's hard, case. It's hard to control who you end up liking and, you know, like, right. who you want to date or whatever. Yeah. 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 When well, they're all going to high school together. It's exactly. You know, yeah. Looking at the list of states and the, like, the per- permissible gaps between ages, the one that has the largest uh, gap is Utah with 10 years. You have to be 10 years older than the person. And that's probably in, due to the predatory nature of polygamists in that state. At what age? Um, 10 years older compared to what age? I think it was... Usually there's a range. I think it was 15, 14? 15. I closed the site, so I can't see it anymore. So it's not considered <clears throat> statutory rape if somebody, if a 25-year-old is going, is sleeping with a 15-year-old? I'll bring it up again here. Uh, Utah, uh, Utah. Unlawful sexual activity with a minor to have sexual intercourse with someone age 14 or 15. Okay, so you've got to be, you have to be at least 16, but then if it's 16 or 17 and the person is 10, 10 years or more older than the victim. Okay. Yeah, usually there's different rules for 16 and 17 than there are for 14 and under, or 15 right. and under. Because there was like, from I think in New Jersey, if I remember correctly, there were it was twelve to fifteen was one set of laws, sixteen and seventeen was another set of laws. Anything under twelve, and you were toast, no matter what you know, no matter who you were or what you were. That mm. was just though the penalties are very odd because, like in Vermont, it says the penalty could be you know if you have raped somebody under the age of sixteen, it's up to twenty years in prison. But in Utah, it's only five years, up mm-hmm. to five years, mm. up to five years, yeah. up to five years, yeah, yeah. And some of these are up to life, like in Vermont, to life. Mm-hmm. So very strange. This country's weird, guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, you aren't going to get any dispute from me on that one. Our dear Father in heaven, we present ourselves unto thee and offer thanks for blessings bestowed. We offer thanks for this fine, warm weather. Please bless us with good health and a successful store opening. And bless dear Benny with success as a varsity third base starter for the Camorra Cougars. Our trials are great. Please bless us all as your loving family, sealed together through time and all eternity. Amen. All right, let's rate it and then answer the question, would you watch another one? I don't care what order you go in. (laughs)
I'll I'll go first, I guess. Um, it was fine. Uh, it was kind of interesting, but stressful to watch, just because I wouldn't want to be in that type of situation, personally. Um, I cannot imagine juggling three wives and bajillion children. That's just crazy. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know if I'd watch another... I'd maybe just one more, just to see like if it goes anywhere. Because, I mean... It, it was it was interesting, but not I don't know I, I didn't enjoy myself when I was watching it. it wasn't It was very stressful. <laughs> so yeah, I'll give it a seven out of ten. Uh, frantic Mormon patriarchs. <laughs> uh, I liked the actors and their acting and the production. I just didn't like the story so much, uh, or I guess just the subject matter. I didn't like so much. It doesn't doesn't entertain me to watch i think it's gross um Mm -hmm. so i'll give it seven out of ten barrel fires (laughs) uh i had pretty much the same reaction i really i thought the acting was excellent i really thought the writing was very good as well um i thought the juxtaposition of you know the compound with what the family is trying to do you know, they're trying to basically do it right, you could say. It was interesting and all of that. Um, I just really do not, did not enjoy it. And uh, so I'll give it um, 7 out of 10 cracks in the perfect relationship. Mm. And if somebody really wanted to watch it, I would probably watch it with them. Um you know, it's not one of those shows where I would eye roll, you know, the eye rolls and, oh, good grief, really? And that kind of stuff at all. I thought, it, you know, showed a lot of quality. Maybe um, in season four you would. Okay. All right. <laughs> good to know. So if somebody, you know, asked me to watch it with them or or something like that, I would do it. But um, I'd rather not. So I won't be looking to watch. There's a lot of shows I really need to watch that. <laughs> There's too much TV out there. There's yeah, there's a lot of good stuff out there I want to see, and uh, so no, I put this on. Yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> uh, well, you rated it higher than I thought you guys were based on your kind of overall. Well, I, don't know. I mean, dislike like show, of it. Well, I mean, just the show is. I don't it's know. good. It's well made. You know. Yeah, it's. I think we all agreed on it's well made. It's well acted. You know, mm-hmm. it's this and that. It's just not. It's just the your tastes. Yeah. I, th- yeah, exactly. I think you're picking up what kind of the audiences at the time were also feeling, which is that it's of a high quality, but you really have to kind of forgive a lot of things and rationalize a, a lot and really allow yourself to be unsettled by a lot of what's happening. Yeah. Even Bill and his wives, who are presented from a more consensual kind of uh, responsible mature modern place like even you know even, like when he wants the money wants the check from barb and all of that it, he he puts he's the figurehead of the family and it's his word mm-hmm. and and it's unsettling mm-hmm. listen i've yeah. got the penis i own you 
Yeah, you, if, I don't know, yeah. but you with the how how he owns me wise. <laughs> you 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 seem way too comfortable to be saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what you, you were buying right in there, <laughs> Matt. That character. Oh, okay, you meant it was too easy for me to say. Yeah, that. <laughs> way too easy. I didn't way like. Way too oh. easy. He's a, he's got one wife. He's, he needs two more. He's a third of the way to heaven. As your wife, I do not appreciate you <laughs> embodying this character so well. <laughs> I never thought that the show completely endorsed Bill as a character that really showed a lot of his faults and flaws. And I think that's to the show's credit. And I yeah. I liked all the various dimensions of Utah and Mormon and polygamist life. And it's 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 very messy. It's a messy show. Um, mm-hmm. In in some occasions, like in the third season, it really approached like brilliance. But then a lot of the other times, it's it could be really just kind of difficult to take. I like shows like that, and I've said before, I like things about cults, and I want to know like what makes a person want to be in that kind of environment and or lead that kind of environment and like be the cult leader leader like i i'm fascinated by human behavior in that respect so a lot of this was really fascinating to me even if i disagreed with it or i didn't like it um so i i do think it's a worthwhile show um overall as for the pilot though it's not my favorite pilot because the the plot doesn't really kick into like the last five to ten minutes and after that before me before that it's just a lot of like him going to in between houses and the different wives and they're like little minor plots and you don't really get a sense of like the scope of it until maybe at the very end and i think that's unfortunate so i'll give it an 8.25 out of 10 (laughs) fast food employees all take it in lunch simultaneously (laughs) <laughs> it gives the show a 7.31 overall not too bad but they did do a good job of establishing all the characters though mm-hmm. yeah it took i mean they purposely kept the idea that it was a polygamous thing until yeah. you know you had to put it all together which was you know which was cool that was that was fine. I d- yeah, I thought that they established all the characters pretty well. Like you, you know who Barb, Nikki, and Marjean were mm-hmm. from their initial right. introductions, I, I, and it stays pretty true. A lot of clicking going on right now. Sorry, uh, that was me. <laughs> that's Sorry. all right. Apologize. I apologize. <laughs> no, no, I apologize. Um, yeah, I I mean I think one of the good points is like when you were saying that they did not in- necessarily endorse. Um, whatever his name is, uh, the main guy's um, mm-hmm. Bill, played by Bill. Bill Paxton. Yeah, Bill Paxton um, didn't like endorse his behavior or make him like perfect or anything like that. I absolutely, I don't think they did with any of the characters. Um, as as nice as Barb was, um, and you know, was cool headed and and all of that, and you know, she was very contained and did not allow herself to anger easily with some of these things that would have just made me want to, you know, slap somebody. Um, she, you could see a lot of, you know, pushing and pulling going on in her personality. And, you know, there, there was a lot of dimension on all the characters. And I think that's one reason we all graded well, it fairly high. You can you could see that she was like struggling to have self respect <laughs> for herself, mm-hmm. basically. 
You know, I love it when they when they name uh, a character after the actor's name. <laughs> well, I, I don't think they did that, but... <laughs> <laughs> whatever. <laughs> they name them the same as the actor or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just funny to me. It's just like, oh, like, you know, it wouldn't be very hard for the actor. Like, they just have to be like, they say Bill, and they're like, yes? Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. You know, it's yes, funny. I, well. Yeah, oh, yeah I, I did a sh- show with, um, with a kid a guy named Joe and we were, it took me till we were on stage one day and I turned and I said to him, Joe, what? And I'm thinking to myself, Oh my goodness. I just said his regular name. And then I realized his character's name was Joe too. Mm-hmm. And for some idiotic reason, I just never put it together. They were both named Joe, but uh, it does happen. Gotta get confusing real quick. I, I yeah. wanted to add that the kids in the show, I think get a real short shrift. Except for Sarah, who's played by Amanda Seyfried. But then she leaves the show, I think, after the third season because she had a burgeoning movie career. So she runs off with Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad. And uh, we don't get to see them again until the series finale. But she was the one character who was – of the kids – well, I mean, there's only like two that are in high school. So they're the ones that would have plots. But I think she more than uh, Benny got a lot to do early on. She was really positioned as somebody who really was very uncomfortable with her family life. Like, yeah, as she should be. She just really had a hard time reconciling that her that her father had gone and married two other women, married in quotation marks, and that she has to keep this big secret. You would be old enough to remember a time where it was just her mother, her father, and her other siblings. You know, right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. So she's a really interesting character too. Yeah. yeah, she is because you you don't get the feeling like you know which direction she's going to jump. You know, she 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 seems like she's not happy with the whole thing, but that under the right circumstances, at this point, with what little we know about her, she could be pulled pulled into it because it's really easy to be pulled into these things, especially when you've got a lot of family background in it. So, yeah. Well, let's move on and discuss Five Days, which was a miniseries that was co-financed between HBO and the BBC. It is a miniseries, though actually it had a second season. I think it's, I think it's a series two as a different plot. Mm. But uh, someone's going to have to recap this thing, and we know it's not going to be Matt because he already had his turn in the barrel. So I'll see who else it could be. I hope it's not me because I watched two episodes and I'm not sure I would be able to keep them straight. (laughs) Well, it was Matt, but since he already did it, we go to the next on the wheel. So, Mel, you have 60 seconds to summarize as much of the plot of five days as possible. If you go over, you lose. 
if you go ridiculously under, you are a chump of some sort. <laughs> okay. So we get this uh, family. Whoa, well, hold on. Wait, let me get this. Wait. Let me get the stopwatch. Hold on. Hold Sorry. on. Hold on. Hold on. Settle down. <laughs> Eager to go. I like your enthusiasm. All right. I'm not starting. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying I started wrong anyways, so <laughs> that's fine. I think I was, like, doing the big love one. I was like, wait, no, we're not doing that right now. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> I was like, there's this family. No, wait, there's not a family yet. <laughs> um. Okay, so we meet a bunch of different characters. We do not know if they are related to each other. Uh, I, We don't know what's happening the first little bit. I don't know how these people relate to each other. Uh, the plot slowly starts coming together where you find out that there's this granddaughter that's trying to visit her grandfather and then she's like, I'm gonna buy flowers uh, on this weird ass flower stand on a highway? What? (laughs) (laughs) And then she gets kidnapped and then the kids are left behind on their own and then the kids are kidnapped and it's like, what's going on here? And why is everybody being on camera? I didn't know that Britain was filmed like this. I didn't know that they had security cameras everywhere. Scary. Um, And yeah, and then you think the kids are dead for a while. You meet the rest of the family. Uh, There's a couple people from Downton Abbey in this. Um... (laughs) And then there's a kid that shows up at the end, and he's like, I guess he's not dead, but where's his sister? We don't know. And the, the I don't know, confusing. But it was kind of interesting. That, that's it. Okay. <laughs> One minute and eight seconds. <laughs> oh. oh, so close. But then she kept going. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. You I did a good job. You did a good job. You did. You did. You're fine. I'm not a chump. So, not a chump. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know Britain was so heavily filmed either. That's disconcerting. Oh, I did from watching British television, and they're always talking, detective shows and stuff, always talking about the CCTV, I think they call it. Mm-hmm. And after a while, I definitely got the idea that, oh, and Doctor Who talks about it a lot. Hmm. Um, you know, like in the latest the latest episodes, I think. I think Doctor Who does. I don't know. Anyway, from British sitcoms and TV shows and so forth, the latest ones, Columbus they talk about television. it. Yeah, I wonder what Claire's take is on it, if she enjoys being watched all the time. But it's, it, it is good in a way because, you know, they do... They can solve crimes more easily because they can find the tape and see, okay, yeah. this is where the kids went. This We don't know what happened to the mother, but we know it happened at around this place. You know, it's for that it's good, but... Except for that pesky blind spot. That's Which is spot. almost certainly why they set the truck up there. Yeah, if they but know... I, I thought it was ridiculous that they didn't notice that, you know, they're about the flowers. I was sure that, you know, they would pick that up because... The boy comes back from going over there, and he's got flowers in his hand all of a sudden. And the girl's got flowers as she walks away. You know, where did these flowers come from? Yeah, well, I assume that they're going to pick up on it later. By the end of the first episode, they they figured out that there's a flower truck there, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they'd figured that. I watched two episodes, too. Um... And the uh, the thing that I found most confusing at the beginning was the fact that they said that they were coming into London. So I thought this was set in London. And no, it's not? Well, 
if it is, it's set in some kind of little suburban community because everybody knows each other. That's true. Yes. The, the mother just, of the sketchy possible Chimo works at the retirement home. And everybody goes to that gym mm-hmm. and everybody, you know, everybody knows each other. And when they were searching for the kids, they were searching in a neighborhood that, you know, I mean, if it's London and the kids are lost in London, you would think that, you know, they could be anywhere. I mean, are they, is it that they're searching in a neighborhood right near where the car was left? Because I don't know, maybe, um, but it just seemed like it, by the end of the second episode, especially, but by, by the end of the first episode, I was beginning to say, wait a minute, how everybody seems to know each other. This seems much more like a small town than London, you know? Must have been just outside of London. Yeah, I assume it was, maybe it was like a a little suburb or something. It's just, it was confusing that they, that they had the announcement of the plane coming into London, which I now realize that was April on the plane. Took me a while to... April? April. Wasn't that April on the plane? April, the the one who wants to insinuate herself into the family because she was such a heroine because she opened the the. I didn't know her name the, was April. I think her name was April. She looked like the she looked like both Emily Mortimer and the mother from Broadchurch, who's going to be the new doctor and doctor. She looked. She had that same look. Hmm. I didn't. I me. didn't find she. I've seen her in something else. I've seen a lot of them in something else. I kept thinking of Broadchurch all the way through this. It's very Broadchurchy. Um, yeah. <laughs> if that's an adjective, I, it's very Broadchurchy. Um, yeah, I felt like this was like the precursor to Broadchurch. And I mean, in the middle of this, I was not going to watch any more. But they did, I thought they did something really smart at the end of the first episode that what? made me watch the second one. Oh, they, they, had, they found the boy. Or the boy, yeah. It seemed so, like pretty dire at first. It's like everybody yeah. in England is yeah. a, a sexual predator. <laughs> like never right. walk alone <laughs> if you're not right. Male. And he says, "I know oh your God. mom and your dad," and you're like, "Oh right." Uh, uh, red alert! Red alert! Mom, except it turns out he does know their mom, their mom and dad. Hello, it's a nice doggy. What's her name? We're not allowed to talk to strange men. I'm not a strange man. I know your daddy and your mummy. Are you going to tell me her name or what? Her name's Jim. Why don't I um, take you to see your mummy? Be late for your tea. No, but it's so dumb. Because their kids are so dumb because they're he keeps they're asking kids, them Mel. what's what. They're kids. The older kid is dumb. The older kid is yeah. dumb. He's like no, the old- first of all. No, first of all, like. You know, their parents did tell them, okay, like, never talk to strangers. You're not supposed to talk to strangers. Mm-hmm. But he he's like, I know your dad. But yeah, but you're still, still a stranger. I know your dad. What's your names? Like, what's your names? No, well, no. if you know my dad. No, said, what's the name of the dog? He kept oh, saying, what's the said, name of the dog? I thought he said, what's your names? Like, I don't know your names. No, I think he was saying, what's the name of the dog? And they oh. told him the name of the dog when he told him, oh, and I know your mom. And that was what got their attention. You want me yeah. to take you to your mom? Your mom was in well, an accident. I'll have to get in my I van. Think, 
I didn't know why the older kid didn't like flag down a car instead of just wandering off into the into the back. Or even like take the phone that was in the car and call someone. Yeah, well, that was something old enough to call someone. Yeah, that was something when I found out. I made a big note here that the phone was still in the car. Yes. Yeah, that that was very odd. And I thought that, maybe they they didn't know that the phone was in the car, but then I guess there was a scene that I missed that they allude to later where she was on the phone in the car yelling with their father, um, yelling was, at their I father. Think it was, she was out of the car. It was I don't remember exactly where she was. It was very short. It was very quick. I I remember the scene because that was when it was like they connected the two. To tell to show us that that they that they were married that or that he was the kid's father. Well, the that kids was how knew, they connected. The, I mean, the kids knew that their mom had a mobile phone. You right. think it, it, even if they didn't know for sure, for certain that it was in the car, you'd think that they would have made an effort to look for it anyway. Yeah. And the kid climbed over her purse to get out the door. Weird. He climbed over the front seat to get out the door. I mean, I get it that they're not thinking totally straight but the phone come on like how that, old is this kid i feel like you should know i feel like you should know, you know maybe if they if they had just done a little insert of the of him picking up the phone and it was locked or something and he didn't know the passcode something yeah, like okay. that like yeah. that could have been yeah. easy yeah then you would have been like oh well he's gonna have to leave now like well yeah what, I mean, it was weird <laughs> she's she the little one is supposed to be like five he doesn't look that much older than her so, okay, maybe he's seven or something. And admittedly, second graders, you know, they they don't always think as logically as we'd like. Maybe. But, uh, but yeah, the phone really, that bothered me. Because I kept thinking that all the time was, oh, you know, her phone or uh, I guess she had her phone on her or whatever. And then when the phone rang out in the car, I was just like, what? Mm-hmm. And I understand why he didn't wave down a car. And I get it that they were sitting at a bus stop, which, you know, okay, that was actually kind of smart. Um, it, maybe if he'd seen a cop or something like that, but who knows? It was a little weird. It, the whole cool. circumstance of her disappearance, I thought it was very strange. The, I mean, the, the flower van. Yeah, that was that was cool. said on the highway. Like, that's very suspicious um i don't know you see that in cities but that looked like a really rural area of london it wouldn't look like he'd get much business there yeah I mean, obviously it, it, that's not his intention is not to sell flowers it's a it's right. to abduct women right exactly i mean in new york city you see flower vendors in all kinds of weird spots you know on some days you're sitting in traffic waiting to get through the Lincoln tunnel and there'll suddenly be people selling roses, you know, to the cars and stuff. Um, you know, it, it can get a little weird, but, uh, so that didn't, didn't bother me as much until you guys mentioned it, <laughs> but yeah, it's very rural area of London. It was odd. Yeah. Mm. It's strange. There's that random jogger who looked like he was going to abduct the kids before they got abducted by somebody else. <laughs> You're a bit small to be out on your own, aren't you? Little girl like you. You want some help? Hey! Leave me alone! Get off her! Ow! Little 
bastards. Actually, he he seemed like he was okay. Did he? I don't know. Well, it's yeah. just I, I can understand why the little boy hit him yeah. in the face or whatever. Because I mean, it's yeah. scary. You see some stranger like yeah. That guy, I thought that guy kind of overreacted to, to that. His tone of I voice. did too. His tone yeah. of voice when he's like, hey, do you need help? Or yeah. What? Was, he uh, was super creepy. Yeah. Yeah. It's also a uh, murder mystery kind of show. It's a crime drama. Right. Like, but You know, right. I didn't realize right. this was going to be a crime drama until the cops started showing up. Until Actually, until Hugh Bonneville showed up. Because then I was like, he's he's top billed. And I was like, he's a cop. Okay, this is a cop show. <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't know what it was until... I didn't know what it was until uh, she got abducted, I think. I was not expecting that. I was just like, okay. I had no idea what this was. It's called Black Days, and it's like day one. And I'm like, this is going to be like a zombie apocalypse thing, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Days later? (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, I was just trying to figure out who was related to who. Just like you were talking about, uh, Mel. Yeah. yeah, when you were saying, I didn't know. I was just trying to figure out who was related to whom, and then, uh, and I, I kind of had the basics. Yeah. Of, but then all those extra characters, like Kyle being the guy, you know, the pedophile guy being the guy who was on the the uh, uh, ramp, you know, the thing at the uh, gym treadmill. Thank you. I, I remember Tread- him. Yeah. Because uh, you I'm pretty sure. Him? He- I remember that actor because I'm pretty sure he's the uh, he played the prime minister who had to fuck the pig on Black Mirror. Yeah, yeah. There you go. He was also Frankenstein's monster on Penny Dreadful. Uh huh. Well, he he plays a lot of creepy characters. Yeah, I missed I missed both of those. So oh well. Oh, Penny Dreadful is <laughs> so good. Um, and then I I kind of forgot that the police publicity person was in the gym and the guy was, you know, I forgot that all, I, I didn't put that, those pieces together for a yeah. while. Yeah. Same. I'm still not sure why it's called five days. Cause even though the first episode is day one, episode two is day three. Episode three is day 28. <laughs> episode four is day 33. And episode five is day 79. I assume because the, each one of the episodes happens over one day and there's five episodes. Okay. All right. I thought maybe so- it's because of, Whatever whatever happens to this woman happened over and this family happens over a period of five days. So maybe the other episodes are about the fallout of what happens over the course of something that happened over five days. I'm not sure. I'm maybe maybe I took in the middle of this one. I literally put um, something. I said, "Is something terrible going to happen?" Um, that was uh, just before she was kidnapped. I wrote, is something terrible going to happen? I wasn't sure whether she was going to get hit by a car, whether the car the kids were in was going to get hit by a car, and they were going to be injured. Or a zombie horde was going to come out of the woods. Yeah, that was the other thing. (laughs) 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 I knew something awful was going to happen with those when they parked for the flowers, but I I didn't know what... Once the truck pulled up, I thought, okay, is she going to get kidnapped or the kid's going to get kidnapped? And Yes, yes. Was, <laughs> yes, yes. All of the above. How, how would we know it was going to be both? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's hard to predict that. But somewhere in there, I was just like, I, yeah, I said, when the kids got taken, it's like, um, God, this is getting really bad. <laughs> and, uh, 
I was just like, I do not want to be watching this at one point. But when they found the kid, the boy at the end, it lightened it up enough to say, okay, so I, what is going to happen next? And it was, it was almost like one of those, I really don't want to watch, but I want to know what happened. So I ended up watching the second one and, uh, I probably would have watched the other three just to, you know, wrap it up. Yeah. To know the result of the mystery. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think I'm curious enough that if it was easily accessible to me and it's, and it's not because I only had the first two, I'd probably watch all of them. I I kind of want to know what happens. Yeah. I, it was the second episode where you said her name was April, the girl who finds yeah. the boy yeah. in the shed. Yeah. She is a really interesting character that she becomes like really affixed to this family. Yeah. In a real like pathological way, like a very unhealthy way. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, she does. And it, I mean, it was obvious right from the beginning that, you know, she was, that that's what was happening with her. Um, do we know what she does for a living? Um, she was coming in on an airplane. Yeah. And she had some big things that she needed to go to at four o'clock, something after four when she found the kid. And all of a sudden the rest, mm-hmm. that whole part of her life just went away and she seemed fixated on. Yeah. Just inserting herself as the new mom. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's weird. <clears throat> Plus going on camera and giving interviews and. The celebrity aspect of mm-hmm. of that, it, it I don't that. Oof, she. Yep. I I was beginning to wonder if she had done something. I don't know, something to the family to to become. You know, like even uh, even the dad, is, even the dad is a little bit suspicious with <sighs> the whole phone smashing thing. I just assume he had an affair or something that's, that's not going to really be anything. It was obvious that he had a thing for that woman that was like ah. Send you a picture of me in a bikini. <laughs> well, bad business deal. Like, I, I don't exactly think he's like. <laughs> I don't. He's not playing it as though he is. Uh, that he's complicit in his wife's abduction. No. or anything. No, he's really not. Just worried about them finding out that he had an affair, maybe, or that he was talking to another woman. Or I don't know. I almost got the feeling like I almost got the feeling that he just didn't want to say. Anything that was going to, like, he just wasn't, he just didn't trust them when it came to, he, as he said, he knows that the husband is usually the first suspect. Yeah. And that he's aware, you know, he's, he's watched enough police shows. He's seen Gone Girl. He knows what. Well, I was, I was thinking (laughs) major crimes or, you know, any number of shows, you know, it's always the. The husband or the spouse first, but he doesn't seem to have enough wherewithal to restrain himself when it comes to like reporters and things. Because there's right. a scene where he, <clears throat> I think it's in the second one, where he just bounds out of the house and attacks a person. Yeah, it was and the they, guy that did the uh, the the dog guy. Okay, the guy from the shelter. I don't know if he knows it's the guy from the shelter because I think he does. He says, you know, stay away from this house, stay away from. But I don't know but, if he knows that. But he has to know that there are cameras out there, that they're going to paint him maybe as an angry black man. Because they mentioned there's a race component to it because they're a blended family. Right. So he has the awareness in the first episode of, although they'll blame the the husband, they'll look at the husband. But then he lacks awareness other times when he acts 
really out of proportion to what the situation calls for, portraying himself in a negative light. So it's very strange. Is there any history of emotional trouble? Can you tell me anything at all that might help me understand her state of mind? Mr. Wellings, I'm sorry to ask you this, but is there a chance she might be seeing someone else? Okay. Okay, I know you've got a job to do. I'm going to try and answer your questions, but maybe... Maybe we should go from the right foot. I love Leanne. She loves me. We love our kids. There's no trouble between us. There's no secrets. I just want you to find my family. I think he's containing himself and he's containing himself. And, you know, there's the whole male thing that you're not supposed to show emotion emotion and you're not supposed to cry and you're not supposed to do this and you're not supposed to do that a, a lot of those cases i mean if if it had been reversed and it had been the wife um whose husband had been kidnapped or disappeared it would have been considered okay for her to be crying and letting those emotions out and you know upset and everything else but he's obviously one of these you know guys who's been taught he's ex-military he's been taught you know he's supposed to be strong and being strong means not showing any emotion and the lady's mom is one of those guys too (laughs) she Mm -hmm. she takes it very well yeah until until she breaks down entirely which well that might be in the second episode i didn't watch that one but yeah yeah it is in the first one she's just got like a throwaway line about don't tell me not to be worried and then she goes on acting like normal basically yeah, she's trying, she she's trying to distract herself. Is what yeah, it's a coping right. mechanism. Yeah, right. She's you know she's chattering away about things that don't matter and and stuff and you know it's to keep her mind off things and to keep herself. And her husband is the exact opposite, where he's like cont- very contained, very like keeping it all inside, not saying anything. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. I've read articles about uh, how you cannot judge a person's behavior after a mm-hmm. crime has been committed or a tragedy. Like, they cried or they didn't cry. or mm. you, People handle stress and trauma differently, and you can't just say, yeah. oh, because they behaved in this way, it must mean they're guilty or they're not guilty because mm-hmm. they cried too much or not enough or they did this or they, they went out to the grocery store or he wouldn't have – if he had – he must have killed his wife because after he found after they found the body, he went out and he got pizza. No, he mm-hmm. went because he got hungry. Like you can't read into into be- human behavior like that. No, it's right. too. There's yeah. too much variation. There's too much yeah. nuance. Yeah, everybody reacts differently. Mm-hmm. Yep. So and that's why people experiencing grief, they you know, you got to let people grieve in their own way. It just seems like it's only recently that people are really making that a point. <laughs> mhm. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean grief was codified for so many in most cultures for so many years. You know, you're supposed to do this for this many days and do this for this many days and you know, 
wear black for at least a year or wear black the rest of your life or, you know, all kinds of stuff, especially for women. But uh, you know, wear armbands, wear this, wear that. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, a lot of times it's, well, you should be over it by now, you know, which. Or you moved on too fast. Yeah, one or the other. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. people people just like to criticize other people's mm-hmm. lives anyways. That's yeah. just how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, you're too fat, you're too thin, you're too tall, you're too short. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she called her friend fat. <laughs> that, yes. That daughter, no. Yeah. No, yes. she called her a stupid fat minger. Yeah. What is a minger? I don't know. <laughs> I want to look. I'll it up. look it up. I'll look it up. Yeah, it's uh... unattractive or unpleasant person or thing. Eh. Okay. I also never heard the adjective stonking used to emphasize something remarkable, exciting, or very large. So she's a stonking minger. <laughs> <laughs> I also didn't know that uh, English people pronounced the letter F as fa. I knew they pronounced Z as Z, but I didn't know fa. I had not F. heard that either. You've never heard of fa lowers? <laughs> <laughs> Would it be shot, mummy? They know we're coming. Hey, I spy with my little eye something beginning with fa. Clever girl. Should we get some on the way back? Because we know he loves his flowers, don't we? So how, so how do you guys, is it F? Like, what, F? F. We always said F. F. Well, well, I can see that. I spy F, like, my, F. F. my little eye, something that starts with F. <laughs> yeah, or F. Yeah. 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 Even, yeah. I don't know. It's not that out of the ordinary, I guess. I, it, it, it's not. It is. It's not. I don't know. I, ne- I never heard anyone say fa as much. As, but I've heard plenty of English people say z. Maybe was she talking? Was she saying the letter or was she saying the sound? Because if she was saying the sound, the sound she, she may have been saying like fa fa yeah. flowers. Yeah, yeah. You know? It was the sound to me. It was the sound, but at first it confused me as well. I was like, mm, not sure. If and it probably, but for, it probably was quite simply that they couldn't get. F- to to um, register right. on the sound yeah. system so that an audience would know what she was saying. And yeah. so they had her say fa instead because mm-hmm. it had to be flowers because, you know, that's the whole point of her getting kidnapped, flowers. But it would make so more maybe sense English people don't say, say that then. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. We could do like English alphabet, but I don't know that that'll get us... English alphabet pronunciation, maybe? I like Tanya, the teenage girl. Really? I thought she was a really interesting character. She, she was okay feeling her feelings. Yeah. She and, she felt, and she felt very guilty that she didn't go with her family. She yes. was supposed to go with her family to visit the greats, but she didn't go because she had homework. Then she snuck out to go to the shops. And she feels really guilty because if she had been there, she could have done something. Yeah. Ah, you can't think like that. If her grandfather didn't like flowers so much, this wouldn't have happened either. <laughs> you could blame the Just grandfather. The old codger. <laughs> Why'd you have to become interested in flowers? And of course, the real blame goes on kidnappers who would kidnap a woman and leave two little kids in a car on a highway in the middle of nowhere. So that yeah. they can't get kidnapped. London. In the middle of nowhere, London. Wherever this is. <laughs> <laughs> wherever this is. Yes. 
Let me see. Does it say no? So. And they really make Rory Kinnear's character look like a Chimo. Beginning yeah. with when they're in the gym and he's on the treadmill and he's like leering over at the other, at the girl. Yeah. And talking to her and she's got the earbuds in so she can't hear him. But it's like, ugh, you're gross. And then later on, well, we know he's he's some sort of sicko because he lives, he's an adult and he lives alone with his mother. <laughs> that's, hey, you know. come on, come on. Well, that's that's what the show's saying. The show is yeah, obviously, shows saying. it's very shorthand. Yeah. But the fact is that a lot of people nowadays with the way the money situation is. We've been, watch, we've been watching Mindhunter and it's all about like, uh, you know, uh, codifying serial killers, I guess. And most of these serial killers like live with their mothers well into their 30s or 40s. <laughs> oppressive mothers. Is like, mostly, mostly oppressive mothers. Yeah, that mm-hmm. is a, for sure. Yeah. It used to be, culturally, it used to be, you know, that you lived with your parents until you married. Yeah, yeah. And it didn't matter how old you were. You just ended up taking care of your parents. But what I'm saying, it's it's TV shorthand. When you have a I, guy who lives with his mother, it's, yeah, it's like, yeah. look out for this guy. Yes, you're right. You're absolutely right. He drives a van. <laughs> like, come on. And with tinted windows. <laughs> Curtain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. The uh, girl, I don't, is she a, is she a journalist or does she work for the police department? She works the, for the police department. But she's like a family liaison or something or a no, PR person th- for the police department? She's a, I think what, she's a what's PR role? person because hmm. when she talked to one of the family, Tanya, remember the cop came out and said, leave the li- family liaison stuff to us? Hmm. Okay. I do. So, I do remember that. Yeah, I, I liked her as well because she is not equipped for her, this kind of traumatic situation. She's too concerned about her wardrobe. She laughs inappropriately. She, I guess, she's just trying to diffuse tension and be be seen as personable and pleasant. But she smiles too much. Her mm-hmm. eyes are too eager to do like do her job, fix things. She, I think she, she's earnest, she wants to be useful, but she comes across as very inappropriate. Hey, you know and what? I, Apparently April's name is Sarah. I'm sorry. Well, there you go. <laughs> I, I even if you had said Sarah, I wouldn't have known her name. Right. I did, why did I think it was April? I could have sworn. Oh, well, to me, Sarah. she was the girl from the airplane. Yeah, really. Sorry about that. I didn't mean to interrupt. Oops. No, that's fine. <laughs> anyway, I just want to say I liked that character. I thought she was very well-defined, and the actress did a great job defining her quirks. Yeah, I agree with you. I thought she was um, she was unusual. She was not the, you know, calm, cool, collected, I know exactly what I'm doing, and I'm the young person that's coming in here, and I know a lot more than you think I do, and I need to break it. She was insecure and, and a little goofy, and but she did, at the bottom, kind of know what she was doing. Yeah. So it was a nice combination. Mr. Barclay. Nothing to see here. I'm the duty press officer, sir. We have met. Um, Okay. Definitely top two. Tops. So, how do you want me to play this? Need me to buy you some time or press the button immediately? (laughs) What? Nothing top two, carry on. Well, it seems to me like the community impact assessment's going to be a biggie. If she's attractive, yes. 
So, do we want publicity at this stage or not, or should I just prepare an if-ask holding statement? It's just there could be a lot of interest in being a young mother and two children. See, the problem with any kidnapping hypothesis is whoever took them would have had to wrestle with three humans and a dog. A dog? What, story just jumped on the front page, did it? Come on, let's go and see the family. Come on, what? Uh, my hair's wet. I've got tracky bottoms on. How high up the list of their priorities do you think your wardrobe's going to be tonight? I didn't like Tanya, though, the teenage daughter. I mean, I thought she was well-written in many ways. Um, and, yeah, you need that character, but I didn't actually like having I, to deal I, with her on screen. I didn't mind her. I thought she's just a typical teenager with, you know, typical teenage reactions. And yeah. all. I thought they were... Understand. It was understandable considering the stress she's going under and considering that she's seeing her mother's husband not freak out like she is. She thinks that he's not having the proper yep. reaction, you know, and in a way, like, you know, he is trying to stay calm and trying to, you know, be like the, the rock, I guess, for mm-hmm. the family. But yeah, I can understand, like, seeing someone that, you know, is supposed to care for your mom and it doesn't look like they care that much. That's upsetting. <laughs> but she has also, I mean, there's been a long history between the two of them of her being an obnoxious brat to him. Yeah. That's that's really obvious. Yeah. You know. I thought she had more dimension to her than your average teenage character. Yeah. Felt believable to me. Yeah, yeah she was believable. She was believable. She just wasn't very pleasant to watch, as most teenage characters aren't. So I assume that person she was calling was her dad. Yes, the one she kept calling and never yeah, answered. He was like yeah. he was living in he was French or something. He's living in France. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, and yeah, and she thinks he's great, apparently, <laughs> which <laughs> is pretty out. common. Yeah, that old. What yeah. did she say in the second episode? Like she, Carol, she describes her father using his words that she's—he's a rebel or something. He, oh, he, God. he can't be <laughs> can't be tied, tied down. down <laughs> Some and, kind of like oh, all kinds of BS. Yeah, yeah. She's just parroting his words. Yeah, and it's it's like excuses. Pretty much any adult you hear that, and it's like okay, I know what this guy. Is, yep. But of course, she's just going with it, and like oh yeah, he's he's great. He's you know she's got a romanticized ver- vision of of her father, and you know as with many people, you know the people who are actually taking care of her and trying to do best for her are garbage, and you know the one who's not doing diddly squat is is on a pedestal. Yeah, yeah, it's fairly common. <sighs> We had those done last Christmas for their grandparents. No, I can't. How can you just sit here talking about Christmas? This is a very worrying time for you all. And you? You sat here in the warm talking in a stupid soft voice as if that's going to make us stop panicking. Do something! Tanya. Tanya. There's a whole team assembling out there. Now, the minute it's light... You can't wait till it's light. It's cold out there, and Rosie had the snuffles this morning. You don't make a fuss, Tan. Please, just, just for once in your life. Rosie's five years old. Oh. 
Hey. Hey, where are you off to? Going to look for my mum. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. You want to know the most useful thing you can do for your mum? You're doing it, Tanya. Sitting in there with your dad, telling the detective sergeant everything you can think of. Like you said that if it was your mum and your little brother and sister. And I think you must have noticed he's not my dad. Like, he's black. Okay, but... It's night time. What are you going to see, girl? Oh, you think this is fucking funny, do you? No, Mom, no. Tanya, let's make everyone some sandwiches, yeah? Oh, please. Do you want to the family liaison to us? All right, let's read Harold's feedback. Matt, I'll let you take this one. Where is it? Start? It not, starts it not only. Yeah. Not only had I never... Not only had I never seen... Never have I ever. <laughs> not only... Ha- had I not ever seen Five Days before, but I had never even heard of it. So I had no idea what it was about, and I had zero expectations. And it turned out to be one of the best best of the shows that I've seen as part of your HBO project. I'm writing this immediately after watching the first hour, and I'm in such a state of shock that I don't have much to say, except that it was absolutely riveting, emotionally devastating, and I can't wait to watch the next episode as soon as I'm done writing the sentence. <laughs> Nice. This next sentence is being written after seeing the second episode and then immediately checking both Amazon Prime and Netflix to see if the other episodes were up there because if they were, I would still be watching and not writing this. <laughs> I think this is the most binge-worthy show that we have seen so far. Hmm. Uh, and finally, this paragraph is being written a couple days later and I'm still trying to grapple with why the first two hours of five days totally overwhelmed me. Even though I've seen some comparable shows... Uh, made both before and after this series, like Prime Suspect in the fall, I don't think any of them have hit me as powerfully. I think it's because this show does a masterful job of slowly accumulating details. The low-key direct- directing keeps things from feeling melodramatic, and each character has his or her own individ- eh, individuality and nuance. Uh, the highlights for me were every scene with the young son and the grandmother breaking down during the press conference which I did. Um, yeah, uh, I agree with him. The low-key directing, keeping things from feeling melodramatic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I, I really liked, well, I liked and thought it was weird when uh, the cop was trying to question the father and he just had the blank stare yes, for like very five <laughs> straight. And was... she kept asking him different questions, even though she didn't get an answer. Right. <laughs> was like, she was like moving right. on, moving on to the next question, like, yeah. moving on to the next one. And then at, at a certain point, I'm like, okay, I sympathize with you, man, but at this point, you're just being rude. <laughs> say something. He was carefully, like, carefully thinking about what he should say. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. whatever you do say, if you know, if if it's true that he realizes that he's probably the prime suspect, then he has to very carefully choose his words. What he's going to yeah. say is going to affect exactly. the rest of his case. And I think he's. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious from the beginning that he knows that he would be the prime suspect. Yeah, or at least you know he's way up there on the list and. And I got the feeling that he was, especially during that scene, that he was battling with his emotions that were, you know, going on inside him. Um, I mean, that's what I saw on him a lot. I don't know. Maybe I was projecting, but I felt like a lot of the blanks looks and so forth were him just trying to contain himself and not react the way he wanted to react 
and not like yeah. yell at her or you know whatever and the only thing he could do was be quiet until he could gather things together which he did i mean she finished and he gathered things together and gave her an overall answer to what she was really asking yeah in very very measured tones and honestly if we wanted you know they they brought up the racial aspect of it you're going to bring up the racial aspect of it i mean that has got to be on his mind yeah for sure and just i mean it's i don't know how bad things are in the uk they're not as bad i'm sure as in awful lot of parts of the united states but he's still a black man whose white wife has disappeared and there's a lot of baggage that i'm sure has he's carried throughout his life dealing with assumptions about himself and and that kind of stuff Mm. this guy's a smart guy he's been around the block a few times he's you know he's being careful yeah i think if you're a person of a different race living in a country where you know it's mostly people of another race then you're gonna get problems no matter where you are like it doesn't matter because you're a minority you're gonna people are gonna look at you and not understand you and you know it's just the way it is in any anywhere i think that happens everywhere it does happen anywhere and there are stereotypes that follow different groups of people around yeah um whether it's something almost, you know, silly like my dad when he used to say, oh, you know, um, my dad was really good at, at being frugal. And he used to just, he used to, quote, blame it on my Scottish blood. You know? <laughs> and he would, you know, because there used to be a whole thing about this, the Scottish skin flint and all of this stuff. Um, whether it's something like that or whether it's, you know, all the horrendous stereotypes about black men and black women and, and all of this. Yeah. Um, that can really affect someone in the middle of a criminal investigation. Mm-hmm. Go away! It's only me. Why didn't you phone me? What's happening? she gone off with her boyfriend or something? What, and left me behind? Thanks a lot. She might have, you know. She's quite good-looking for her age. Hello, Earth to Planet J. Mum's gone missing and she might be dead. Sorry. I was only trying to cheer you up. Fuck off, I hate you! I never want to see you again, ever. Stupid fat minger. All right. Well, how about we rate it and answer the question of would you watch another one? Okay, I'll go. Okay. Um... I, they got me, as I said before, they got me about halfway, maybe a little more than halfway. Oh, no, I'm sorry. They got me right at the end of the first episode. Halfway through, I was ready to just not watch the show anymore. And I was finding myself comparing it to Broadchurch and thinking, well, why is this bothering me more than Broadchurch? And besides the fact that there was only one child dead in Broadchurch. And I realized it was because in Broadchurch, the crime had pretty much already happened. Whereas this, it was like taking us through the trauma of, of what I assumed was going to be some horrific crimes happening. And when they 
found the boy at the end, it lightened it up enough and it was intriguing enough to make me watch a second episode. And then they found some more things happening. I won't say what, but they they found some some clues and so forth. And so again, it kind of propelled me into I would have watched the third episode as well. I would have watched the next two episodes or the next three episodes to finish out the series. Um, it was well done. I almost feel like in a way I'm not even I'm not really happy about wanting to watch the next three episodes. I almost feel like it's a uh, like I'm being manipulated into it rather than wanting to. Um, but I have to give it its due. I'll I'll go with a uh, seven and a half out of ten. Really strange parts of London. <laughs> um, I liked it. It was compelling and interesting, and I probably would watch more if there wasn't so much TV to watch. Uh, the I still felt the kids were a little bit too clueless in a little in an unbelievable way. Uh maybe I, maybe I'm just presuming too much about the intelligence of children. I don't know. <laughs> um uh I was it, it was a little bit hard to follow some of the characters who weren't involved with the main family. Like I didn't really ca- like catch who a few people were until maybe at the very end. But uh yeah, it was interesting. I'll give it a eight out of ten. No good, very bad dates. <laughs> There's only five days, Matt. Get it right. Um, I also liked it. Uh, thought it was fun to see like the actors from Downton Abbey in another show. So I like them uh, and that pig fucker. <laughs> that was also good. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, I liked it. Uh, I did want to watch another episode as well. And probably it was mostly because they found the kid at the end. It was just like, oh, like, I thought he was dead. <laughs> so so yeah, that is, that does kind of like, uh, like Carol said, it kind of like forces you to want to watch more. <laughs> They're twisting your arm. Um, so yeah, I'll give it an 8 out of 10. Uh, aw, discarded flowers. Aw. <laughs> So much of the show reminded me of other programs that I've watched or started to watch and then maybe never finished, like uh, Top of the Lake is one uh, that comes yes. to mind. Yeah. Uh, Broadchurch, Harold mentioned The Fall, Prime Suspect. It, it seems uh, – here's another one, uh, The Killing that was on U.S. networks. It just it seems like there's there's this crime drama genre of a limited-run series about cops and some – traumatic thing that happens in a small town mm-hmm. and they're all paced the same way they're all very slow they're not melodramatic but they're almost kind of like let in the pace feels like it's just too slow it's too it's just too like a malaise over the whole thing mm-hmm. and it feels like this is like the first thing that i kind of saw and was aware of before all those others and there's just a lot of them. I think because they're kind of cheap to make. These actors in a, in a in a couple sets. Like there's no real action, no effects needed. It's just a crime drama. Yeah. And I feel like once you've seen one of these kind of shows, you kind of have seen them all. 
It's just the details that are a little different. Uh, and I was looking through uh, a list of shows like Broadchurch. And like a lot of these I've heard of and some of these I haven't, but they all kind of feel of a piece. And I kind of, I'm, a, I'm not really a fan of the genre anymore. I'm like, I'm over it. <laughs> um, this one was, this is fine. The kids like not trying the cell phone really kind of like I, a big question mark there. Yeah. It really made it obvious that Rory Kinnear's character was a chimo or a, some pervert of some sort with all the leering and the living with his mom and a little, a lot of it was a little on the nose, but I, I liked, uh, the character of the PR person at the police department. She's very unusual. I don't think I've seen a character like that before. Mm. Uh, the way that that other woman from the airplane inserts herself into the life of the family in the second episode is very stressing stress inducing but also very kind of intriguing so it had pieces of it that that i enjoyed but um overall eh, it was a little meh for me i'll give it seven and a half out of ten stonking minges <laughs> stonking minges stonking minges Min- like minge just sounds like like you're nibbling on something just going to minge on something <laughs> <laughs> I believe Minge is slang for vagina, isn't it? Or clitoris or something? For eating out of vagina? I don't know. Hadn't hadn't heard that one. All right. Well, uh, that's it for those uh, episodes. As always, you can find us at hoopocast.com. They got links to show notes and discussion threads. Go on Facebook, search Hoopocast. You'll find our Facebook discussion group. On Twitter, we're at Hoopocast. I retweet Deadwood related things. You can always send us feedback by uh, sending it to hoopocast at gmail.com. Go on iTunes, leave a five-star review. You guys want to know what we're going to talk about next time on the podcast? Okay. Yeah. Oh, boy. All right. Well, this will be a tough one. Uh-oh. Right. We'll be talking about the show that killed Deadwood, John from Cincinnati. Yeah. The David Milch uh, surfer drama. Metaphysical surfer drama. Surfer drama. A metaphysical. Metaphysical surfer drama. I never knew what it was about, so there you go. That it's, seems like a perfect thing to replace Deadwood with. Not a very well-liked show, <laughs> just say. It only lasted one season. Uh, and, and speaking of shows that only lasted one season because they were pretty much universally panned and ignored, tell me you love me. Hmm. What's the premise of that one? Uh, it's the, about couples... Inter- relationships between couples and their therapist or something. I don't know. Is it an anthology? No. Yeah. It's like two different married couples and one kind of young couple beginning their courtship and then an older couple in their senior years. Okay. It was mostly known for its realistic sex scenes. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's HBO for you. Good cast, though. I remember mm, having a good cast. There's always a good cast. They really get very good casts on these shows. Mm-hmm. So, I, eh, well, it'll really? be interesting. It'll be interesting. Oh. No, I mean, yeah. I agree with you about the good cast. I'm just, I'm, oh. I'm a little ambivalent about these two. Okay. I think well. I've watched the pilots of both and was like, I don't need to see another one of these. Okay. But by Hoopocast Law, we are required <laughs> to watch them. <laughs> and watch them, we shall. All right. All right. I'm up for it. That's it. That's the podcast. Alrighty, thank you all. Thank cool. you all, and fuck you. Fuck and, uh, oh, there it is. Fine. No, that's not <laughs> it. That's not it. Fuck you. Fuck you. You. <laughs>
whatever midges. What was the word? What was the word? I'm thinking of a uh, thinking of a curse word that begins with a fa. Yeah. <laughs> fa. fa. Fuck. Oh my god! If those kids had said fuck, that would be. <laughs> there's, there's actually two people fucking on the side of the road. <laughs> the mother referred to somebody as a slutty blessed thing. <laughs> oh my god! I don't remember that. Yeah, it's right near the beginning. I played it again because I was like, "She's what did she just say?" She said something to that I don't have time to watch the slutty blessed thing. I was like, "Is she talking about her grandchildren?" <laughs> I did. I never did figure out who she was talking about. You came to me in peace. I gave you what you wanted, but no more than just enough. And now I'm on my knees. Have mercy on my soul. I am here to return your love. I'm reaching to be found. Let anyone that trusts in me be seen and be heard. And Lord, if I had known that love would be your punishment, I would have kept my word. 'Cause that's what you do. For someone you love, you do it all for someone you love. Someone you love, you do it right for someone you love. You came to me out of nothing. Your beauty almost killed me, and the notion left me cold. I saw only your reflection. As always in this life, I never saw the image whole. And now the little I can give. Is all my love into a song? I'll never stop to sing. You've shown the will to live, and someday we'll meet face to face, and I'll be born again. Yes, you'll be born again for someone you love. Be born again for someone you love, someone you love. Let yourself be born again for someone you love, someone you love. Let yourself be born again for someone you love. 